Hello, I'm Pastor Nathan from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. And in this installment of Walking Our Way Through the Bible, we come to Acts chapter 16. So let's read the whole chapter and then we'll come back and reflect on it. Paul came also to Derba and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. But his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in this place. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go in Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared upon the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging them and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when, Jesus, when Paul had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, they made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days, and on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Theatria, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized in her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. As they were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when she... Her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. So they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them into his house and set food before them, and they rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. 
But when it was day, the magistrates sent the police, saying, Let these men go. And the jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us publicly, uncondemned men who are Roman citizens, and have thrown us into prison. And do they now throw us out secretly? No. Let them come themselves and take us out. The police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens. So they came and apologized to them, and they took them out and asked them to leave the city. So they went out of the prison and visited Lydia. And when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and departed. Now, there's a lot of things in Acts chapter 16 that we could focus on. There's the amazing story, two amazing stories of conversions with Lydia and this jailer and his household. But the thing that really sticks out in Acts chapter 16 is the work of the Holy Spirit and Paul's full reliance on the Holy Spirit. You see that with the the decision to circumcise Timothy. In the previous chapter, in Acts chapter 15, Paul had argued for, and the Jerusalem council had agreed, that Gentile converts to Christianity didn't need to be circumcised in order to be Christians. Yet when he takes Timothy with him on his journey, he has him circumcised. And the reason isn't because he believes it's sinful for him not to be circumcised, but because they're going to share the gospel with Jewish people who know that his father's in Greek and for, who it would be a, for whom it would be a scandal if Timothy was not circumcised. We see this when they're deciding where to go to continue spreading the gospel. The Holy Spirit spe- keeps them from entering Asia. The Spirit of Jesus ca- st- stops them from entering into Bithynia. And we see it's not till Paul has a vision about a man from Macedonia calling them to come and help that he recognized that God God had called them to preach the gospel in Macedonia. Now, you see this also when um, Paul and Silas are led down to the riverside to look for people who are praying and they preach the gospel there and then Lydia converts. You see this also, also in the way that Paul and Silas handle the woman who's following them who has the spirit of divination, right? She's following them saying, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Now on, on its face, that statement is a great statement, right? It's true. It's declaring what they're coming to do. But Paul, through reliance on the Holy Spirit, recognizes that having this woman follow around them all day, screaming out this truth everywhere that they go is not effectively sharing the gospel with the people of that area. And so he turns and rebukes the spirit within her in the name of Jesus and the spirit leaves. This results in Paul and Silas going into prison. And again, we see the incredible work of the Holy Spirit and also Paul and Silas's full reliance on the Holy Spirit. Because as Paul and Silas are in prison, they're praying and they're singing hymns. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit shakes the ground and it unlocks their shackles that are around them and all the doors to the prison which is an amazing demonstration of power by the Holy Spirit. But what's even more amazing in some ways is that no one leaves. Paul and Silas and the other prisoners all stay. And this affords them the opportunity to share the gospel with the prison guard and him and his whole family believe and are baptized. And this is an important reminder to each one of us because what's tempting is to only turn to the Holy Spirit in times when we think, hey, this is a spiritual thing. Right Or this is a really big deal. We need God's guidance. But if you look at this, every single step of the way, Paul is relying on the Holy Spirit. He even goes against things that seem like they'd be common sense. 
or logical because he recognizes that the Holy Spirit is directing him in a different way. If you were imprisoned unjustly and all of a sudden you were freed by the Holy Spirit shaking the ground, the logical thing would to think would be to think, hey, this is the Holy Spirit acting to free me. But instead, Paul and Silas remain there, fully reliant on the Holy Spirit. And as a result, they still gain their freedom, but they also get to share the gospel with this prison guard and his whole family. And so as we go through our life, I would just encourage you to always rely on the Holy Spirit. And oftentimes people say that, and it's difficult to understand how we should actually do that. Well, the first step is continually and constantly, regularly turning to God in prayer, reading his words so that we can recognize his words, and also praying and presenting just our day-to-day needs and our every step before him. If we don't form a rhythm of prayer in our lives, it's difficult for us to expect to be able to perceive when the Holy Spirit is urging us to go in one way or the other. I hope that this has helped you as you seek to understand Acts chapter 16 and the rest of the Bible. And I pray that in all things, God's name will be glorified and his will will be done.